This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. Coming up in today's Clark Rageous Moment, reports of yet another company billing you after you're no longer a customer of them. There are special lessons in this for you that I'll share with you coming up in the Clark Rage. And coming up later yet, deliveries by drone. No longer a sci-fi project. I want to tell you what's going on in something that is going to change how deliveries are done in the United States quicker than you and I may be psychologically ready for. So this has been a great economic cycle for people who see a better opportunity and change jobs. But unfortunately, in too many states, too many people have been squashed like a bug and not been able to go get a better job that pays more money because the employer, upon hiring, had them sign a hideous document called a covenant not to compete. I hate these things. I hate them. Covenants not to compete are a way that employers try to enslave their workers, control their pay, their working conditions, promotions, everything, by making it impossible for them to earn a living going to work for someone else. And now a number of states have either eliminated covenants or are reducing how you're affected by them. And it's something that has got to change because, you know, we've got this enormous problem of income inequality in the United States. And then you have sandwich shops saying that a delivery person for a sandwich shop can't go work for another sandwich shop that would pay them 25 cents more an hour. This is lunacy. I get the idea of having protections from somebody taking corporate secrets from one company to another. I totally get that. But preventing someone from taking their skills to another place that will pay them better and treat them better is just terrible. And I'm so excited that Senator Young of Indiana, Republican senator, has introduced a bill along with a Democratic senator named Chris Murphy that would do away with covenants not to compete. 
is Senator Young said, non-compete agreements stifle wage growth, career advancement, innovation, and business creation. He's right, 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 and right. And we need to stop this foolishness of allowing companies to impose these draconian things on their workers. It is wrong. Do you know it's it's weird, but California has had some of the greatest innovations have come out of California in the workplace. And California, in spite of its high taxes and high cost of living and all that, has created enormous wealth for this country and generated so many innovations. And one of the ways they've done so is they don't allow these foolish covenants not to compete. And you may have heard me tell the story years ago about Massachusetts that at one time dominated the tech field but had these awful covenants and the really brightest tech workers stopped taking jobs in Massachusetts because they couldn't go to another job opportunity when one came along. And that has so much to do with how Silicon Valley happened. People that are older may remember when I think it was Route 128 was, the, was what the tech corridor in the United States was called, and it was in Massachusetts. And it lost all its relevance and all its significance because of the covenants not to compete. And California's freewheeling business culture is what allowed California to dominate tech in the United States and worldwide. So covenants have got to go. Massachusetts, late to the game, uh, has made reforms to covenants, but it's too late. That ship already sailed. Maybe future industries will be willing to locate in Massachusetts when they stop treating employees so rotten and terrible. But the best action of all would be if these two senators are able to get this. I know it's hard to get anything through Congress now. But if they could get this as national law to eliminate these restrictions on workers' rights. Suzanne is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Clark. Nice to talk to you. Well, great to have you here, Suzanne. How can I be of service to you? Well, I wanted your advice. Uh, We are nearing retirement, and we uh, only owe about $90,000 on our house. And um, to try to improve cash flow, we were thinking about refinancing at just, you know, the current balance and to see if that made any sense from a cash flow perspective. My husband saw a uh, refinance rate of 2.87 with no fees. Um, and we did some research, and unfortunately, that was a teaser rate. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> some kind of adjustable rate because, I mean, right now, 30-year fixed rate with paying closing costs are averaging around three and three quarters, 3.75 around the country. And 15-year loans, about 3.2. But you have an additional challenge, and you set it up front. With a loan balance of 90000 you are not that interesting to lenders. 
because yeah. <laughs> because the the cost of uh, generating a loan is pretty much the same whether it's a ninety thousand dollar loan or a five hundred thousand dollar loan. So lenders, uh, what you would have to pay a lender in costs may be just too much to make it really work out. What rate do you have right now? We have a 3.125. There's no move for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was afraid you were going to say that, but yeah, a- after we did a little bit more research, we identified, yeah, the closing costs and the appraisal fees. It probably doesn't make sense for us. And well, you know, we only owe seven more years, so we're just going to hang in there. And I think that's the best thing to do. Uh, what is your payment per month, not including taxes and insurance? 1200 So that 1200 has been a burden on you? No, actually it hasn't. But we don't get any tax benefit at all anymore right, because right. we're down to principle. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, the, tax, you know, the tax benefits really have always been oversold. I wouldn't worry about that. Because odds are you're probably taking the standard deduction anyway as a couple. Yes, yes, that's correct. So you're not going to get any mortgage interest deduction regardless. So Mm -hmm. I would just pay it out as agreed. You've got a great deal at 3.125 and just ride that out the nine years. Yep. Okay. Thanks so much, Clark. Absolutely. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Robert's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Robert. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Robert. You're going to throw me in a thicket right now that people disagree about so much. Hit me with it. Well, my wife and I disagree on whether it's worthwhile to join one of those uh, uh, plumbing, heating, and cooling membership clubs where you pay, say, 100 bucks a year, and they come out and check your... HVAC system or your electrical system or what have you, but we're particularly interested in the uh, HVAC system since winter's coming. So, all right, paying a company that says they're like your service provider for multiple facets in your home, I'm not keen on that. Okay. I would much rather see you. So, see, I'm going to go against both of you here. Okay. Because you were you were discussing a specific company that offers like an umbrella kind of thing for various services, um, right? And the price that they have quoted you is unreasonably low. Okay. When a company quotes that low a price, it's really about um, it's a backdoor way of marketing themselves, and then you get billed for things that need repairing. They're not going right. to ensure the major working systems in your house for $100 a year. You're paying them to give them an entree into your house to bill you for those different things. I would I would forget that. Okay. So I which didn't know so if there was I got to know bef- I, that could be done. Yeah, I got to know before I go on with what the real answer to me is. Which one of you thought you should do this and which one of you thought you shouldn't? Uh, I thought we should Wife thought we should not. See, she was right again. I don't know if for the of right reasons, she but she was right. Okay, so let's okay. talk about your HVAC system. All right. I believe that what's important is that you have a company that you build or 
working relationship with over the years that you learn over the years does good work, you trust them, and that way when the chips are down and something major goes wrong with your heating system or your cooling system, you are comfortable calling them and having them come in, and when they tell you you need a this, that, or the other, that you can have trust that they're not pulling one over on you. Do you gotcha. have a company like that? Um, I guess we do, yeah. So I would look at doing something with them, potentially, and this is what uh, has been controversial over the years, is that you consider paying them for a seasonal checkup. Right. And the, the reason you have them do a seasonal checkup is that uh, it's not so much about necessarily finding something wrong, it's about making sure the system is operating to its optimum level for the heating season and then again in the spring as you switch over to cooling for the cooling season so that you're not running up unnecessary bills for heating or cooling because your system's not operating efficiently. Okay. And so you don't want a company just to come in and do like a 10-minute check and say, yeah, everything looks great. We changed that filter. We're gone. I mean, you want to know that they're actually for... Uh, what they would charge you to do a seasonal cutover is what's referred to, even though you can just push a button and switch from heating to cooling now or back and forth. Um, you want them to have a comprehensive list of things they do for you for a seasonal changeover. Okay. And that's not going to be $100, by the way. Right. <laughs> but okay. the, the reason it's important is you want to have continuity with a company that you, as not a professional in heating and cooling, but just based on the quality of the technicians that come and the years of relationship with them, you feel like, hey, this is a company that really has its act together, and I feel like I can trust them. Today's Clark Rageous moment is like a blast from the past. People with weirdo bills showing up on their credit cards or debiting from their checking account for the late movie pass. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. There are reports from around the country that people who signed up for movie pass before it went extinct are seeing charges appear on their credit card statements, or debits happening from their checking account now for MoviePass. MoviePass, they don't have really a lot of people there, but one of the former executives said, this is not true, this is not going on, may have happened to one person, that's it. Okay, so the key here is that when we set up a subscription with anybody, and we cancel. Could be a gym that you had a subscription with, could be an exercise studio, a video service, whatever it is. And you cancel, you think you're done with it. And you have to cancel per their procedure. But more often than you might realize, the billing just keeps going on. And here's the crazy thing if 
you don't notice, and it goes on month after month, you have forfeited your rights to dispute that debit from your checking account or charge to your credit card after 60 days. That money's gone. And you don't have any easy legal path to get that money back. This is why it's so important that you check your statements each and every month. And I know most of us know we should do it, but we just, well, we don't remember to do it or don't get around to it. But just think about this, and if you were a MoviePass subscriber, this is a special warning to you to go look through your statements and see, is there a weirdo stray charge for MoviePass? If there is, and it's a credit card, you go right online with the credit card company and there'll be an easy way for you to dispute that with the credit card company. If it is a debit from your checking account, Depending on your bank, you can either do it online or you'll have to go in a branch to dispute that, but you need to be on record because if it happens the next month, you want to already be in there having filed a dispute, and time works as your enemy, not your friend in this case. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you can go to save money each and every day. As we have moved into the early stages of the Christmas shopping season, I want to remind you that ClarkDeals.com has a newsletter. It's free that you can have come into your inbox each day and tell you what hot deals there are that may help you fill out your personal wish list or your Christmas wish list. So those items you order from an online seller, how are they going to get to you? Not this Christmas, but next Christmas, there's a reasonable chance that you could have deliveries coming by drone. You know, Google is in so many different businesses. They have a joint, they have a business called Wing, and they're in a joint venture with FedEx, and they have started deliveries in a part of Virginia by drone. The goal is to work the bugs out of it in a part of Virginia and then steadily expand the delivery zones for Wing. This is ultra-important for FedEx, The initial deliveries are being done in a triple joint venture with Walgreens, FedEx, and the folks at Google. And so they now have beaten everybody the punch, apparently, and have done the first successful delivery. And so UPS not wanting to be outdone, now says they're going to deliver prescriptions by drone for CVS. And so people are starting to stake out their territories for drone deliveries. The packages that will be delivered at first in the uh, Google FedEx joint venture with Walgreens and the UPS venture with CVS are going to be smaller packages. 
typically less than five pounds. But Wing, which is the Google operation, has already been doing deliveries in two countries in Europe by drone. And so far, they haven't dropped a package on anybody's head yet. They seem to have it working just fine. And it will be, as I have shared with you over the years, at the Consumer Electronics Show, now they call it CES, that drones that deliver us around town as a human are absolutely going to be a thing. And I've seen the experimental ones. And there are now um, human delivery drones that are being used in other parts of the world because their rules and laws are different than ours. But we're going to see that as well in the United States. But the delivery by drone is so important for Amazon and Walmart and Target, I can't even begin to tell you. Because for those three giants of retail, delivery is so expensive. You know, with they... uh, they offering various versions of same day and one day and two day delivery. It's a, it's really costly, especially that last mile. So imagine instead a UPS or FedEx driver brings packages into a neighborhood and then from the truck flies multiple packages on multiple drones to people's houses, delivers them there. The drones come back, do more deliveries the productivity gain and the reduction cost for delivery is gigantic. Jonathan joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Jonathan? Yes, hello. How do you feel about you ordering something online and suddenly you hear that odd noise that a drone makes as it comes into your driveway and drops a package at your house? That actually sounds fantastic. So you're not worried about them flying into each other, dropping packages on people's heads or cars or the roof of somebody's home or anything like that? Not necessarily. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. So, Jonathan, how can I be of service to you? Because you have actually a great problem to have. It is. It's a good problem. So uh, my wife and I, we, we contribute the maximum to our 401Ks. Uh, and we take that whatever leftover money we have and we put it into our Roth IRAs. And this year, we're bumping up on the threshold of the income limits for contributing to Roth IRAs. And we're not positive where we're going to land because it depends on our bonuses, which we are not sure what we'll be getting. Um, so my question is, as I'm looking at the penalties for contributing to a Roth IRA, um, if you exceed those income limits, um, to me, it almost makes sense like it would be worth it to pay a one-time fine or penalty to the IRS right now as that money grows over 30 years. So my question is, if we are above those income limits, should I contribute to a Roth IRA anyways and pay a fine now or not contribute? Actually, there's a third way too. So do either you or your wife have a traditional IRA that you funded? No, we don't. Great. So you are both eligible to do a weirdo, obscure kind of IRA 
known as a non-deductible IRA. There's no income limit restrictions on doing a non-deductible IRA. Now, here's a loophole in the law that Congress has never closed. You can each put 6000 a year into a non-deductible IRA. And by the way, sometimes when you talk to financial houses, they won't even know what you're talking about. But okay. a non-deductible IRA is basically an IRA that you can't take a deduction on your taxes and it doesn't qualify like a Roth does to not be taxed again. Your earnings are ultimately taxed. But once you put your $6,000 into the non-deductible IRA, you are allowed to reclassify it as Roth money. So it's really dumb. It's like it's known as the backdoor Roth. It should not, if they're going to have income limits on a Roth, you shouldn't be able to do the backdoor Roth. But you're allowed to do it, and it's just one additional step, and it will cost you nothing. Okay, so that that could be done through uh, Charles Schwab or Fidelity? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so you, you put money, and it needs to be separate from, if you already have Roth accounts for each of you, the money has to go into a separate account for a non-deductible IRA unless... Schwab or Fidelity has another way to accomplish this, and the money goes into it, and then you reclassify it as Roth money. Okay. Is there a chance legislation could change that in the next few years? It could, but it would not affect people who'd already done a backdoor Roth. Okay. And if you go do uh, whatever search engine you use, if you or your wife went online and you searched backdoor Roth as a term, you'll find good explanations about how they work okay, and how they help you avoid the income limits that exist on a Roth IRA. Okay. So the, the first question was the most important. Neither of you have a traditional IRA. When you have a traditional IRA, it's a roadblock on doing this. Since you don't okay. have that as a problem, you're, you're free and clear to go do that. Great. And congratulations to both of you on your success in the workplace with what you're earning and also that you're of such a mind to save money for your future. And if you want to save more than than what we're talking about with maxing out your 401ks, maxing out, um, in this case, the, the backdoor Roth, you could, in addition, open an investment account where you put money in with Fidelity or Schwab, Fidelity, they have the zero funds where you could put money in index funds that you pay no commissions and no ongoing fees. Or at Schwab, they have index funds that cost like nothing also, but not quite nothing. And the tax treatment of money in those is ultra favorable to you over the years. Not as good as a Roth IRA, but still good. Right. So there are lots of ways that you can get that money aside and build for your future. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chris. Hey, Clark. So you want to go to New York and bring in all the the shop windows and the Christmas trees and all that. It's fun to do that. It is. Uh, My girlfriend and I have been wanting to go up and, and see the Rockefeller Center lights. 
Um, and of course, it's only available from a limited time through mid-November through January. And we were just wondering if you might have any suggestions on a way to do it most affordably, um, especially with us coming out of West Virginia, airfare can be kind of expensive. And just wanted to get your thoughts. So if you're going to get a deal into New York, how long a drive are you from Dulles Airport? From Dulles? You know, I, I would have to look it up. I'm, I'm not sure. But we would be willing to, uh, to drive to uh, another airport if we could get some, some better airfare. Because you'll find really decent fares to New York from Dulles. Um, okay. West Virginia is, you know, it, it's got kind of arms that go out around, so you could also be near Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I don't know exactly where in West Virginia you are and what major cities are close to you. I'm in Charleston, so we have Pittsburgh, Columbus. Um, those would be some larger cities nearby, Cincinnati. So you could try fares from any of those. Uh, I'm thinking of people in eastern West Virginia that are a reasonable distance to Dulles, but if you're really a lot closer to Columbus or Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm in Charleston. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking right now. Yeah, you're, you're so right. Washington's a terrible suggestion for me. So... <laughs> Columbus um, has a decent number of discount flights. I would check out of Columbus because your drive okay. to Columbus looks pretty easy. Um, Great. And going in November, December, you're going to find hotels to be pretty frightful in terms of the prices. Okay. You've probably seen that already. A little bit. Um, we wanted to check with you before we really started digging in. So January will generally be better if you go like the beginning of January in terms of prices okay. for hotels. But there's another thing I can mention as well, and that is um, the hotels hate this, but Airbnb, particularly in Brooklyn and Queens, has become a great alternative for people. There are also a number of hotels geared towards business travelers directly across the Hudson River from Manhattan in New Jersey that are busy during the week but not as busy on the weekend that you may be able to find a deal on. And a lot of these hotels have just magnificent views of Manhattan. And the ride in on the PATH train is about 10 minutes. And the cost of the PATH train is just a couple of bucks each way. Okay, great. But hotels in Manhattan tend to be very pricey in November, December. Um, one area to look also, if you want to be on in Manhattan, is to look down at Wall Street for hotels. Okay. Because the financial center is not, um, the hotels are not in much demand on the weekend. And one other area you should look at is just, just a short, short distance from Manhattan, and that's Long Island City, which is in Queens, and there are a bunch of new, uh, more moderately priced hotels that are in Long Island City. The ride to Midtown Manhattan on the subway is about seven minutes. Great. So hopefully one of those things will work for you. Thanks, Clark. I appreciate the advice. Sure. Have a great day and have a great trip. Micah is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Micah. How is it going? That's going great. How are you, sir? Great, thank you. You have hit an important milestone as a homeowner. What's that? Uh, very exciting times. Got a little bit of extra cash and was able to pay down my mortgage below the 
80%, and I was trying to figure out how to get rid of PMI. How long have you had the mortgage outstanding? Four years. Okay, and have you been on time with every payment the last year? Yes, sir. And please tell me it's not an FHA loan. No. Oh, good. You answered every question right. All right. So what you do is you call the lender and you talk to customer no service and you tell them that you would like to know their procedure for removing PMI. I've done that. And what were you told? And, uh, first of all, everything has to be in writing, even though it's 2019. Yeah. Through the mail, you know. And uh, they said that I had to get an appraisal done to make sure that the value of my home is still um, 80% of the, the right. mortgage. So let me tell you where that's important. Most lenders will require that you use an appraiser on an approved appraisal list. And so, yeah, this, these, these folks just said, you send us the money. They didn't even give me a list. They just, they want the check written out to them. Oh, and they want like 450 bucks? Yes, sir. Did I get the number to the penny? To the penny. Okay, so you see, people have asked me this question before. That's the most common number I hear. So you got to do it. You have to send the letter. Send the letter certified mail and regular mail. Send it twice. Okay. Because um, they may not claim the certified mail letter, but you want proof that you sent it in the event that they claim they didn't get it. But you're... The action they'll probably take will be based on the regular mail letter. So just make two copies, sign them both, go to the post office, pay the certified mail fee, send that. The other one send with a stamp. And then the appraisal, hopefully there won't be any issue with that. That Have values in your neighborhood been going up in these four years? Yes, it has. Okay, so you should be in the clear. You should be fine. It would be unusual in this market where home values in so much of the country have risen over these last several years. It would be very unusual that they would say you didn't, you have not appraised out. In, instead of an appraisal, they offered some other option that was $150. Um, and I, I don't remember what it was. I'm at work. I don't recall, but... It's, it wasn't an appraisal. It was like a... Some kind of computer algorithm, an analysis they do, and they come yes. up with like a windshield survey. But it may not, seem like if it doesn't work, then I have to go back to the appraisal. Exactly. That's why I and wouldn't I bother. That's why I wouldn't bother. I'd just pay the 450 And congratulations to you on being able to come up with the money to make this possible in your life. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.